Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. Today we'll be talking, well, I have a little word to say about Donald Trump and some of what's been going on with his interviews, as well as I'm going to be talking about the indictment of Hunter Biden and the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. First, really quick, I want to talk about the title sponsor of this podcast, Gulag America. Now, if you haven't heard about Gulag America yet, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know even how you're here, but... Uh, you need to go check out gulagamerica.com right now. They have fantastic apparel for both men and women. As we approach the colder weather, they have hoodies as well. I actually, there is a hoodie in the works, uh, especially for this show. So stay tuned for that. But go check out their apparel right now. They have patriotic clothing again for both men and women. Super high quality. You're going to want it for both the summer and the winter. It makes for an incredible gift, especially for your family members who are more conservative. I mean, if they're more liberal, send it to them anyway. Uh, I don't know if they'll appreciate it in quite the same way, but it would be funny. <laughs> so again, go check out gulagamerica.com. If you use my code JoshCar10, you will get 10% off all the apparel at gulagamerica.com. Again, that's my code JoshCar10. All right, guys, I saw a video this morning that honestly, it struck a nerve with me. And so forgive me if I go on a little bit of a rant right now. I watched this video. It's been an issue that's been building up for me for a while. And it is it basically centers around how political commentators interact with Trump. You can call them whatever you want. You can call them political commentators, journalists, personalities. Uh, you, yeah, you can call them journalists if you want. I don't really know if, I don't know. You, as, as we've talked about, I don't really know if objective journalism exists anymore. But there's a time even if you're a political commentator where journalism can still be done. And I saw a video that bugged me so much today. And I guess I didn't realize that it's been this issue that's bugging me for a long time. Hopefully it's been bugging you guys too. If not, you're going to see a video that's going to kind of tick you off. The video that bugged me was of Megyn Kelly. Now, let me just say, I like Megyn Kelly. I've listened to her like my whole life I'm on Fox News. I still listen to her on Sirius XM. I really like Megyn Kelly. She's just one of those like down-to-earth conservatives. She, for the most part, just like really stands for what conservatism is. She interviewed Donald Trump. And when I woke up this morning, she had posted the whole interview and I watched it. And there's a part of the interview that it like the whole interview had this, this theme to it that I'm going to talk about. But there was a part in the interview that sorry, I'm going to scoot up a little bit, get a little closer. There's a part of the interview that really got to me. It's when Megyn Kelly asks Donald Trump if a man can be a woman. Basically, at this point, he gives a huge pause and gives the most lame duck answer that I've ever heard in my life. And it made me realize at that moment, this interview sucks. Like, honestly, the whole interview was awful. And I, that might sound harsh to people, but... It's, it's just factually true. And the reason why is because these political commentators have ceased to actually ask difficult questions to people, mostly Donald Trump. So I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. I'm going to play the clip for you. Here it is. Take a look. Can a man become a woman? Um, <laughs> in my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman. I, 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 think, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No. No, although they'll come up with some. That was Megyn Kelly's opportunity to do real journalism. And by the way, Megyn Kelly came from the mainstream media. Like, 
she's done real journalism. I've, I've seen it. And I'm going to talk about some other people in just a second who are the same way. And what she's done is she's transitioned from the mainstream media to this kind of new form of media, which is social media uh, and podcasting and things like that, which was a smart move because, you know, let's face it, cable TV is dying right now. So she made a smart move. But for some reason, when she made that move, she suddenly like stopped actually asking difficult questions. The whole interview was the most like lame weak sauce interview ever she just nodded she you could just tell that there was this kind of ambience of her just wanting to agree with donald trump and just make it the most chill interview ever she should have slammed the crap out of him when he gave a lame i mean that is like the most basic thing you do not have the right to be the republican nominee if you cannot just unequivocally come out and say no a man cannot be a woman and by the way, it's be, it's not because of these kind of superficial answers. It's because it has no base in reality. Boom. That's the only answer that's acceptable. There's no, oh, well, the science of it. Oh, well, in my opinion, like Donald Trump says, no, it's not in your opinion. A man cannot become a woman because it's not true. Boom. That That is it. And let me just point out, and I don't support a lot of them, any other Republican nominee, or excuse me, any other Republican candidate right now, for president, I believe could have answered in that way. For some reason, Donald Trump answered in the most lame way possible and Megyn Kelly did absolutely nothing about it. And that question, it wasn't just that question, it was the whole interview, but that question was what made me realize that this is what it's come down to. People who interview Donald Trump do not actually hold him accountable. It was the exact same with Tucker Carlson. Now I know, oh, everyone loves Tucker Carlson. I love Tucker Carlson too. It was the same, it's the same deal with Megyn Kelly. I love Megyn Kelly. I love Tucker Carlson. I still love both of them. But the night of the Republican debate, he decided to kind of compete with them and interview Donald Trump. Awesome. Great political and business move on both their parts. I have no problem with it. Okay. No problem with Donald Trump not, uh, not going to the debates that night. I don't think it made sense for him to. No problem with Tucker Carlson kind of competing against his former uh program and channel and hosting someone who's much bigger and getting great views no problem with that but here was the problem i listened to the whole interview and here's what i've heard from people oh it's such a good interview it was so interesting it was not interesting it was tucker carlson looking at donald trump giving him the easiest answers po or the easiest questions possible getting back kind of mediocre answers and just nodding you could tell that like tucker carlson and megan kelly just wanted as best they could just to keep it like chill. They didn't want any sort of difficulty or struggle. They were just like chilling there with Donald Trump. That's all they cared about. It was literally Carlson giving the easiest answers. Um, there was no back and forth. There was no like argument. There was no questioning him on the way that he handled COVID, at least not in any sort of a meaningful way. There's no questioning on Fauci. There's no questioning on his big spending. There's no question on like, there's no follow-up question from Megyn Kelly when Donald Trump says, in my opinion, after like a 10 second pause. And this is insanely sad for me because I, I like 90% of what Megyn Kelly and, and Tucker have to say. I've, I've been fans of both of them for years, but they're totally lost to the ease of their job. They think that their job is easy. They don't think they have any role to play in muckraking, as you would say, or actually holding politicians accountable like Donald Trump. I mean, he, at this point, ha is probably going to win the Republican nominee. 
or nomination rather, and be the Republican nominee. Why would you not take the opportunity to take the man that could be our president, but at the very least is going to be the leader of the Republican Party and hold him accountable? They talk about how they are kind of the anti-legacy media at this point. In my opinion, they are just in compl as complicit in misinformation as the mainstream media if they don't hold Donald Trump accountable. And I'm not saying Donald Trump wasn't a good president either. I still think he was the best president of the century. He had three fantastic years. His last year, I think, was really bad, in my opinion. They could have held him accountable for that. Instead, they were lame, and they just hung out with their friend Donald instead of actually doing what they were supposed to do as political commentators. Meanwhile, you have other Republican presidential candidates actually engaging with people and having debates. I'm not going to name names, but like every other Republican candidate is going on other programs that are actually challenging them. They're going on Charlemagne, they're go or the Breakfast Club rather, where Charlemagne hosts. They're going on MSNBC. They're even going on Fox News, where they get asked tougher questions. And for Donald Trump and Megyn Kelly to come from Fox News, which in my opinion is in many ways becoming irrelevant and be worse than them, is is ridiculous to me. I don't blame Donald Trump, by the way. I don't blame Donald Trump for going into easy interviews with Megyn Kelly or Tucker Carlson. That's awesome. I mean, you're going into a place where there's tons of conservatives listening. And yeah, it's, like, it's a great audience. It's a specific audience for you, but it's also a big audience. And you're going to be asked easy questions. I don't blame Donald Trump for that. I think that's awesome for him. But why would Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly not go for it and go in on Donald Trump? I do not understand. Um, it's disgraceful. And the fact that any Republican candidate can't just jump up and, and immediately say, that a man is not a woman uh, is really troubling. And there, I haven't really heard any comment from MAGA supporters. So here's a question really quick. This is what I want to get to. I know I'm going on a long rant. I don't know what happened to me when I woke up. Like I must have woken up and been just really high strung or really angry for some reason. But I watched that video and it just ticked me off. It's, it's like this volcano that's been, you know, growing inside of me. Why are they doing this? And there's, a, there's an answer. Very rarely do I just ask myself, oh, why would they do this? And then just leave. I try to really think through the incentives. And it's very clear why Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly would do this. They have audience capture in a very real way. They try to shut down Trump and they lose half their audience. That's how it goes. I mean, Trump voters represent a huge portion of the conservative audience. I mean, I've done polls on my channel. I know that I don't have a very... Trump friendly channel. And because of that, I have sacrificed a lot of my audience. But I care more about asking actually hard questions and being critical, even though I like Trump in many ways, by the way. I care much more about asking the real questions so the Republican Party and the conservatives could be stronger than keeping half of the audience just because they want to hear what they want to hear. And so what I'm saying is that Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly have serious audience capture problems. They knew that if they went too hard on Donald Trump, they were going to lose their audience and lose money as a result. And in my opinion, they're just a complicit, as I said before, as the legacy media in this way. They've got an audience. They care more about the audience than the truth. Well, it doesn't matter. Truth is truth. It doesn't matter if Trump was a good president or a bad president. You need to hold him accountable to the things he did and that doesn't change the truth of what happened during his presidency. And as a political commentator, you have the responsibility to ask those questions when he's in front of you. 
maybe if he had, they had actually asked the hard questions, Trump would have given a good answer. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what he would have said, but there's no opportunity for the Americans that are going to vote or not vote for Trump to hear that now because they didn't take the opportunity to actually do their job as journalists or whatever you want to call them. All right, that's the end of my rant. I'll be done with that. Um, maybe I'll come back to it a different day, but for now I'm done with it, okay? I'll let it go. There were two other big pieces of news, probably much bigger pieces of news this weekend that I wanted to highlight, which is, of course, the Hunter Biden indictment as well as the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. We're going to break those down really quick. So the Hunter Biden indictment, the Biden family tried to delay the indictment until 2024. And this is because, as I've talked about before, the name of the game is distraction. You've got tons of crap being kind of raked out on the Biden family right now, from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden himself. And so if it's a referendum on Biden, in 2024, good shot the Republicans win. Biden's been involved in a lot of bad stuff. He's been an awful president, period. If people are talking about all the bad things Biden has done, the Republicans can win. It's what happened in 2016. People like the Clinton campaign could not shake the whole email thing. And Trump did a really good job of exposing it. He just kept talking about it. And so it was really, really a referendum, a referendum, excuse me, on the Clinton family. If the same thing happens for the Bidens, then they will lose. So the longer and closer to the election people talk about the sketchy Bidens, the worse the chances are at re-election. Now, they lost the bid to delay the indictment until 2024. Um, Hunter Biden was indicted on gun charges. Now, we've already talked about these charges before. Uh, basically, he purchased a gun. And when he purchased a gun, as per the law, he stated that he was not addicted to drugs, um, which we know from a recent finding in the White House. <laughs> that they found some cocaine. So we know that's not true. Uh, he was addicted to Coke and therefore he's being charged um, with something. We just don't know yet. It's going to be on gun charges. It's because of the fact that he was under the influence when he said he wasn't. The maximum is 25 years in prison and a $750,000 fine. Now the fine doesn't matter. He's got oodles of money from Ukraine and China. So that doesn't matter. But 25 years in prison is a big deal. It won't even be close to 25 years in prison. That's the maximum. And even for people who aren't Hunter Biden and have corruption within the DOJ, without those people, they don't usually get to 25 years. And so the odds of him getting any sort of a high sentence are very low. But a few years in prison would be very good. And the reason why I say they'd be very good is because Hunter, and it's not even for political reasons, by the way. Obviously, for political reasons, there's a lot of reasons why Republicans would want Hunter Biden to be locked up. It just looks really bad for the Biden family. I mean, this is the first time in American history that a president's son or daughter has been indicted. So this is a big deal, and it does look bad on the Biden family, even if it's not Joe Biden directly at this point. The reason why I want Hunter Biden locked up for a few years, as long as we can get him, is because he's actually just a crook, and he's a bad person. Like, I actually do not like Hunter Biden as a person. He's a really bad guy. Independent of the politics, he's a bad dude. He should be off the streets. This guy hires illegal prostitution. He is a druggie. And he, uh, I mean, they have sexual pictures of underage girls on his laptop. This is a bad, bad dude. And he should be off the streets. So it'll be good to see that. We'll see how long it is. But even a few years, I think, would be a victory for justice. Uh, and, of course, politically on the other side, which I care far less about, uh, it'd be a victory for Republicans. The impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. I want to talk about that really quick. 
To close up today's podcast, McCarthy opened an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. If you didn't hear, essentially what an impeachment inquiry is, is that they're going to be doing more investigation and they're going to be having access to more resources in that investigation into certain acts that Joe Biden has participated in, especially in his dealings with Ukraine and his son, in order to see if an impeachment is warranted. This means impeachment could be on the table with more evidence and enough votes. Um, so they're going to need enough votes. They need a majority in this, the House in order to pass an impeachment, but they also need evidence stating that he has like committed real crimes against the United States. Um, the Democrats are saying that impeachment used to be rare and now it is being thrown around as a weapon. And like it was rare until they used it against Donald Trump. And this is what Democrats do all the time. And it's very frustrating. They have kind of this unorthodox way of attacking Republicans. And it's really scummy and dumb. And they do it. And then Republicans are like, okay, fine. If you're going to change the rules, we're just going to play by your rules. And they go, oh, why are Republicans doing this to us? Why are they? Oh, this is so undemocratic that they're going to use impeachment against Joe Biden. It's like, guys, you started this. Like Republicans never would have done this before. You literally started it. You think that we're just going to turn a blind eye to Joe Biden and his dealings with Ukraine when you impeached Donald Trump for no reason? Something really interesting is, of course, the White House had to respond to the impeachment inquiry. I recently, it was actually just a couple of days ago, I watched All the King's Men, which if you've never watched it, it's essentially, it's about the journalists who broke the story on Watergate against Nixon. And I guess, I mean, I wasn't alive during Watergate. And so you always think of these events as kind of like a day, but in reality, it was over a really long time, a big span. And so there was a lot of time for the White House to come out and talk about Watergate. And everything that Nixon said about Watergate, he's like, you know, this is crap. This is a political agenda is exactly what it sounds like when Biden comes out against the impeachments. It's really fascinating just seeing like the different press that Nixon did versus Biden. It sounds so reminiscent of Watergate. And so uh, for that reason, but for obviously just seeing the evidence in front of me, I have no doubt that Biden is in bed with Ukraine and should be impeached. Um, Republicans are complaining that they may not have enough votes for this. My final word on this, I mean, we know we know that the Democrats are corrupt in this way, and we know that Biden should be impeached. But the question is, is what can Republicans do about it? And this is kind of the moral of the story, in my opinion. You know what helps with impeachment? Having a majority in government. Now, Republicans do technically have a majority, but they don't have a strong majority. And so winning elections is really important when it comes down to being able to use your political tools against your enemies. So maybe before you have idiotic can't, idiotic candidates that you run, maybe you should think about that. 2024 cannot be a repeat of 2022 because if it is, we're screwed. Don't run unelectable idiots and maybe you have a chance at actually having a high majority and you can impeach Joe Biden if you want to. But that option isn't on the table if you run stupid people and you have this pride that you're just going to win because we're Republicans and we have better ideas. Yeah, we have better ideas, but you actually have to understand politics or we'll just lose to democrats over and over and over again this is what happened in 2022 you it's becoming very reminiscent of 2022 right now you hear trump voters just being like nope i'm just voting for trump i know that he is not establishment all these things like okay can he win and like yeah i think he can win awesome 
what evidence do you have that he can win? They have no evidence. You ask Donald Trump, hey, Donald Trump, since you said it was rigged in 2020, what's your plan to not have it be rigged in 2024? He has no plan. And so what's going to happen in 2024 is if Republicans lose, everyone's going to freaking, I'm not going to say the word because this is a family-friendly show, but they're going to be word and complain about, oh, we lost. Oh, we can't impeach Joe Biden. Oh, we can't do all of these things. You know what would help is actually thinking through a political strategy and executing on it instead of just whining and complaining. That's what we want from our leaders. It's something that everyone needs to consider, especially when voting this season. Um, hopefully, you know, in, in conjunction to what I said in my long rant, rant at the beginning of this podcast, we have actual political commentators who will hold the fire to politicians as they run so that we actually know what they're running for, so we know if they'll win. That is the message of today's podcast. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Again, go check out bulogamerica.com for some great apparel for yourself as well as your family members. It it, it really makes for a great gift. Uh, I know what I'm going to be getting a lot of my family for Christmas this year. Again, use my code JoshCar10 for 10% off. Thanks, guys.